Welcome back to 2G Sports. My name is Greg. I'm here with my co-host Gannon. Um, we're going to jump right back into the recap. We're going to start out with MLB. Gannon, what do you got for me? All right. So the news of the day comes from the Mets. The, the LOL Mets have begun. Robbie Cano, don't you know not to use PEDs? He's been caught for the second <laughs> time with performance-enhancing drugs and has been suspended for the 2021 season and forfeited his $24 million salary. All right. So we're going to look into the impact that has on the Mets season uh, a little bit later in the podcast. Next on the recap, big news out of the NBA today. Clay Thompson is out with a torn Achilles, and he'll be out for the whole uh, upcoming season. After missing all of last year with a torn ACL in his left knee, he tore his Achilles on his uh, right foot. So that's big news for, out of the NBA. Obviously, big blow to the Warriors. Um, in golf, what do we got? All right, so the Masters has completed. Uh, Dustin Johnson finally got his green jacket. DJ, DJ my guy, uh, won by five shots at uh, at twenty under, the highest any anyone has gone in the Masters. Uh, Tiger finished tied for thirty eighth at four over, and Bryson DeChambeau, the favorite, struggled with his accuracy off the tee, tied for thirty fourth at one over, and. Uh, Larry Mize made the cut, I believe. Uh, I don't think he did too much after that, but Larry Mize betters did not strike gold. <laughs> That's a shame. I, I had I had the mortgage on Larry Mize. So. Yeah, me too. Um, in the NFL, obviously, the story of the week, the catch of the week, the throw of the week, all came in Glendale, Arizona, with the connection from Murray to Hopkins to win the game against the Bills. Just a really crazy, crazy play after a great, you know, seemingly game-winning drive that Josh Allen led the Bills on. Uh, Arizona comes back with, you know, 30-some-odd seconds left and, and takes steals a game from them. And then last but, lot, last but not least, um, college football news. Yeah, so uh, not too much going on last week. The, the SEC was mostly on the bye or facing COVID, test, uh, COVID cases. But uh, definitely the winner from last week was Kyle Trask, Florida quarterback, Definitely uh, rose in the Heisman standings with his 356-yard, six-touchdown performance against Arkansas. Also, um, Greg, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like Virginia Tech comes into the news every week for having a close game against a top-ranked team. Yeah. I feel like every week it's the same. If you had to define the Virginia Tech football program in one sentence, it would just be, you know— Close, but not close enough. Close, but not. Close, but no cigar, as they say. Close, but no cigar. <laughs> uh, um. Number 12, Miami, just edged them out 25-24. to 24. And uh, look forward to this week. The, definitely the top matchup is with between number 3, Ohio State, and number 9, Indiana. Yeah, that should be, that's a, that should be a good game. Top 10 matchup in the Big Ten. Um, but all right, let's go. Let's go back to baseball and uh, let's talk about Robbie Cano and then the poor old Mets, the poor old crosstown <laughs> rival Mets. Mm-hmm. So, um, so he's out all of this upcoming season. He forfeits, I believe, twenty four million dollars from his from his salary. Um, and whatever little chance he had to get into the Hall of Fame is now all but gone. And it, it sucks this. too because he was one of the best offensive second basemen of all time. The stats mm-hmm. were there. Um, yeah. I, I was rooting for him to go in. He he obviously uh, he obviously had a great impact on the on the Yankees in, the, in his time there. You know, 
it, it, it sucks for Robbie. Like, A Rod was probably in his year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sucks for Robbie, but it's like he brought it on himself. Yeah, you know, dirt, it's not like this bag. was some injury. He's a dirt. He's, bag. you know, he's, yeah, he's a scumbag, but in the best kind of way. You know. But, um, I mean, I mean honestly, yeah. if you're if you're a Mets fan right now, you're not you're not too unhappy with this news. Yeah, I would I would say so. You have a spot in the lineup and 24 million more in your pocket. Now, what mm-hmm. worries me as a Yankees fan is that money could go straight to DJ LeMahieu. Or yeah. Yeah, that does worry me. And I saw from one of if not the greatest Yankees baseball pundit there is in John Boy. Oh, of course. Um on on Twitter if our audience does not follow him and you are a Yankee fan, I would suggest you do so because Highly he's got everything you want to know uh in the best possible video clips and everything else. But enough with the John Boy plug. That's <laughs> that's not sponsored. He's not paying us to say that. Maybe one day. Um maybe one day. We'll see. Um but uh yeah, John Boy said something about how that definitely increases the Mets' chances of signing DJ. Uh, so, like you said, if, as a Yankee fan, you don't love to see that. But You don't love to see you it. Gotta, I mean, you got to feel like, like if he wants to stay in New York, he wants to stay with the Yankees. Like, it's like, what do you what do you go to the Mets for? Like, this, the, this Yankees yeah. team is much closer to a championship than the Mets are. I didn't realize DJ would be interested in suffering year after year. Yeah, which is uh, agreed. very prevalent within the Mets organization. Exactly. I thought he had enough of that in Colorado, but apparently not. Um, so <laughs> the Mets are on the table to sign him. Uh, who else is on the table to sign him? DJ? Yeah. I mean, not every team is looking to, uh, I mean, w- would want his skills. I mean, high, yeah. high contact, high motor, team mm-hmm. leader. Yeah. He just, uh, you know, he's a... Uh, He's a robot on the field. He he does everything that's asked of him. Just single after single. Single after single. So, yeah. uh, you know, every team will be looking after him. Other teams interested? I mean, I don't I don't know what other teams have pursued him. Obviously, it's still very early, so a lot of teams have probably had conversations. But I haven't seen any definitive rumors uh, besides maybe just teams that would be interested in him which is essentially yeah. all of them uh he's not gonna yeah, come I cheap saw... at this point no he won't but uh a good no he won't a good uh three to four year deal with a lot of money coming his way he might go to the highest bidder i don't think there's any hometown discount to the yankees yeah i i think but i think that cashman knows that it just recognizes the importance of LeMayu in our lineup and in that lineup last year and the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not he's not something you... It's like if you miss on him, there's not another one of him out there that you just go get. Uh, really, even on the trade market. You could say a guy like Lindor comes in, but Lindor is not the consistent header that DJ is. And you're going to um, have to give up a lot to get him. Exactly. Um, so I, I think that Cashman would end up matching really any deal that... LeMahieu would get. Yeah. At least that would be my hope. He's my number one Um, priority besides uh, any starting pitching that's better than J-Hap Paxton when Paxton's back. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. One thing I did see, though, um, on Yankees Twitter, 
uh, which I'm very tapped into, as as we've discussed with John Boy, is that uh, the Rays are are interested in DJ LeMayu. Um, and I can safely say, if that happened, I would be one of the first people outside of Yankee Stadium rioting, calling for Brian Cashman's job. Because you can absolutely not let that happen under any circumstance. I mean, if that would happen, that, that would be a huge glaring sign that the the Rays, the Rays want it. Because he would be their highest paid free agent, 100%. Yeah. He'll get more than what Charlie Morton got. Which is, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering, two years, thirty mil, maybe three years, mm-hmm. forty-five. He's gonna yeah. get. He's gonna look for more than fifteen a year. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the Rays go out and get him, that's that's scary. They're willing to spend as well as look into their own organization or other organizations at a trade. So, I mean, hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, the Yankees should match the Rays. If if the Yankees lose in the bidding battle to the Rays. That's a that's a bad sign. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's a bad look. That's what I'm saying. If that happens, there's Cashman's job has got to be at stake because you can't lose a you can't lose in a bidding war for your best player last year and lose him to a division rival, especially a division rival that's as as cash strapped as the Rays are and have been over the, since their inception. So, yeah. Come on, DJ. You don't want to play under this stupid dorm for three years don't yeah come back baby we love you that's, yeah that's <laughs> i feel like honestly i i would i would estimate it's probably 65 35 he stays yeah i agree it's a fair estimate um i think if like if the yankees match whatever offer he deems his best like uh, i think he would give them preferential treatment i don't think if there's another team that will give him more either like a longer contract or higher average annual value um and the yankees don't match that then i would understand if he leaves i still think it would be dumb because i'm a biased yankee fan yeah but i would understand too it's not like uh we were talking about cano and how like a lot of the old-fashioned yankees fans at at the time of his free agency thought oh he's he's uh he's lazy he he doesn't he doesn't run the base he doesn't put mm. it all out on the on the field. Uh, like mm. a, a lot of Yankees fans were okay departing with that superpower, and we ended up yeah. with uh, just as bad one in Jacoby Ellsbury. But yeah, <laughs> besides okay. that, talk about uh, bad signing right there. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the worst in history. Um, <laughs> Seven years, hundred fifty-three million dollars for nothing. Yeah, I mean the difference is um, Yankees fans love DJ. We'd love to have him back. Um, Please, pretty please, I'll get down on one yeah. knee. DJ will make you come back to the Yankees. Yeah, um, I agree. Agree with that sentiment. I suppose uh, we've squeezed out all that we can from DJ for now. We'll we'll obviously update you guys when more news comes out. The yeah. NBA draft happened last night. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Um, but before we get into that, I oh. do. We touched on it in the beginning. Um, Clay Thompson being out yeah. for the year for the Warriors. Uh, obviously, huge blow to their championship hopes after going 15 and 50 with an abbreviated season because of COVID. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, they had the worst record in the league, which was certainly a surprise. I mean, they you know didn't have Clay Thompson, didn't have Steph Curry, lost KD in free agency, but for that team to go 15 and 50 was a little surprising, um, at least to me. Um, so this next year, getting Steph a healthy Steph back, getting a, hopefully a healthy Clay back, accompanied with a top pick. 
Um, also brought Andrew Wiggins in on trade uh, from the Timberwolves. You know, people thought this team could contend with the Lakers in the West. And now with Klay Thompson out for the year, which in a lot of times can be a career-altering injury, uh, an Achilles. We've seen it with DeMarcus Cousins. Mm-hmm. We've seen it with Kobe Bryant. And we've, well, KD towards Achilles too. So we've yet to see how his production will be with the Nets this year and whether he's the same player that he was uh, pre-injury. But Achilles injuries are pretty serious, you know? And it's it's a shame for Clay because his past two injuries are quite literally the two worst injuries yeah. you can get Absolutely as a basketball player. So, um, do you, I mean, my question would be, do you see the Warriors contending against a Lakers team with a healthy Steph Curry, um, a healthy James Wiseman, a healthy Andrew Wiggins, a healthy Draymond Green, and the rest of their pieces? Do you think they can contend without Klay Thompson? I mean, it, it it's tough because those other teams, they're just built from the ground up. They have the depth. They have the star, proven star power and, and let the record to prove it. I, I think... I, you obviously can't ignore the Warriors as a contender. They have they have the pieces. Uh, when it, when it comes to the James Wiseman pick, I, I know we'll get into the mm-hmm. draft, but I mean he he is a he's a guy with tremendous upside, and he'll be a outstanding rim protector and shot blocker from day one. I think he fits in nicely with that team. But just overall, yeah. obviously, I mean, yeah, you can't ignore Steph Curry. You can't ignore the offensive and defensive prowess of Draymond Green. Yeah. They're they're going to be good. I don't think they have what it takes to go up to against teams like the Lakers and the and the Clippers and mm. all of the other teams in the West who are gunning for that spot. I don't think they're there yet. I hope they prove me otherwise. I'm rooting for them, but the Clay Thompson injury really yeah. stings their, those chances. Yeah, um, I agree. And, I mean, I, I don't want to say look forward to, what would it be, 2022 championship? I, mean, I, I yeah. don't I don't want to say look forward to that with a second year in James Wiseman, even though he hasn't played I mean, the game yet. You got to think, but like like I said, though, you got to see how Clay Thompson can return from an injury like this because the people who get it don't return yeah. as the same player. So Yeah, Golden State I mean, still has to make some more moves to get to that that tier that they were once at yeah i would agree i'd agree with that um i think had they gone in with a healthy clay thompson they could really contend with the lakers depending on you know how well james wiseman adjusts and produces um but if he can come in and just be just a solid center even i think that would be um they could really contend with the lakers but now i i think with clay out that just that's you know it takes your number two option away and that's that'll really hurt um Especially going up against, you know, a team like LeBron, AD, Dennis Schroeder. And then I've heard rumors the Lakers are, are looking at trying to trade for DeMar DeRozan even. And that yep. would just be, I mean, that would probably seal the <laughs> That's deal. an all-star team. Uh, that, that's yeah, not, that's mean, not an NBA team. That's an all-star team. No, that's an all-star team. So um, we'll have to keep an eye on that, monitor that situation. But Clay Thompson will definitely miss the 2020-2021 NBA season. Golden State it's a big blow. signed Draymond. No, Draymond Green signed J.R. Smith. Come on, that'd be funny. <laughs> I love I, you. Gotta love J.R. Smith. You gotta man. love him. You gotta love him. You gotta love him. No matter Let's who go. you who you root for, you love J.R. Smith. I love J.R. Smith. Um, <laughs> so 
now we can get into the draft a little bit. Uh, obviously, is the biggest news uh, in the NBA world. Uh, mm-hmm. The top three in the draft were who people thought they would be, um, not so much in the same order. Uh, at least in, I did atrocious in my mock draft. Uh, absolutely atrocious. If I were to tell you how many picks I got right and how many I got wrong, you probably wouldn't think I qualify to be part of a sports podcast. So I'm not going to tell you how, those numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, top three went um, Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball. And I feel like we knew that would be the top three going in. Obviously, the order has been yeah, shuffled no, around in a bunch of mock drafts. But those were definitely the three top players on the board. The ones with yeah. the untapped potential that, uh, you know, there's a good feeling among scouts that they're going to reach. And yeah. the the proven experience in, I mean, either college or for LaMelo's case overseas. Um, um, yeah, I think I think that really surprised me though is Anthony Edwards going at number one. I really thought they would have got the Wolves would have went with Melo Ball, even though he is a point guard and they have a point guard and D'Angelo Russell. Um, I I I just think because the thing that scares me the most and this and this came out the the pre draft interviews with all the players obviously comes out to the press and the media and stuff like that and. Anthony Edwards, his just commitment to the game is really lacking. Um, he like he was asked about, you know, being part of the NBA draft or the NFL drafts, and you know he was kind of hesitant on which draft he would have wanted to to join. And just and and scouts have noticed this too. It, like if he can really focus in on basketball, because this is the same thing with Andrew Wiggins. Like Andrew Wiggins has all the tools to be a great player, just that that commitment wasn't always there and he's kind of held back his own potential and now you see he's been traded to the Warriors um since that since then uh and that's something I kind of worry about with Anthony Edwards you know I mean honestly like what what thought came up into my head uh when as I was writing some notes about these players is anyone who would have had the number one pick I feel like would would be would, there would be a little bit of criticism. Why did he go for yeah. this skill set rather than, for example, Lamelo Ball's like untapped potential and elite passing ability? Yeah, right out of Australia. <laughs> yeah, but or why didn't you go with James James Wiseman, who is definitely the top big man in this draft by far, mm-hmm. and has tremendous upside. So I feel like who, anyone who had the number one pick, there would be questions. I think Edwards is is the safest of them all. Lamelo is very boom, has a lot of boom bust in my mind, and mm-hmm. Wiseman wasn't really the best fit. Uh, I mean, obviously there's there's Cat, Colante Towns down yeah. there. Uh, so there we have the one big guy. Edwards will fit in nicely with. Uh, the two. with Towns and D Russ, uh, great athleticism. I'm not. I'm not going to rip the pick. Great athleticism, quality defender, and I mean, obviously, these are sky high comps. I've seen comps to D Wade, but more realistic comparisons to to uh, Zach Levine. I think he'll be I good. I think John Morant too. Ja- I think John Morant's a, John Morant, a good comparison. Yep. That's fair. Um, yeah, I think I think he'll be good. 
again, like when you get to you know these top three, you you have to be so nitpicky because mm-hmm. um, you know GMs you make or break careers on picks like these, um, and especially in NBA front offices. So um, I don't know. I I personally I think out of those top three, I think Melo is going to be the best player out of the three. I think Melo, like his his passing is just it's 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 one of the best in the NBA already. His abi- his passing ability, and then if he can add like a consistent jump shot and just get it better from three, because I think I think he he shot twenty five percent from three um, in in the Australian Basketball League that he played in, which is not not ideal for a guard in today's NBA. Um, so if he can get that up. I think he'll easily be the best out of the three. But, I mean, you know, a, a that's lot of why that, you wait and see. A lot of that comes from him needing better shot selection, too. I mean, we've yeah. seen the viral clips of him shooting these crazy shots from deep at three and uh, at Chino Hills. Um, yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's really good. changed his game a lot since since his days at Chino Hills. Yeah. The thing uh, is about all three, of these, all three of these guys, for being top picks... A majority of of especially casual NBA fans probably haven't seen any of them play. Mm-hmm. Lamelo played overseas. Wiseman played a couple games at Memphis and then withdrew and started preparing for the draft. And Anthony Edwards played at Georgia, which is not known for its basketball program, you know, and in yeah. a conference that's also not known for basketball in the SEC. So all three of these guys, the casual fan probably hasn't seen play a lot. Um, so I'm interested to see. Uh, just the public reception once they get, you know, start getting minutes and start playing in the league and to see, first of all, how the players play and then how the public, you know, perceives them play. I think um, people probably have lower expectations for some of these guys just because they don't really know, mm-hmm. you know, anything about them. Um, so, yeah, that was the top three, Edwards, Wiseman, and Ball. And then, honestly... The surprise of the night for me, um, and we can, well, we can get into this now, actually. Uh, the steal the steal of the draft and the reach of the draft. The steal um, and the reach. So my steal of the draft was, well, you said you thought you knew who it was before we... I'm, I'm intrigued. Do, do, you want, do you want to give me your guest? You want to give me your guess? Well, your, your steal would have been my steal. I feel like your reach is going to be Patrick Williams at four. Okay. Who do you think my steal is? I'll give you your right on your right on my reach is Patrick Williams. Yep. I'll go into yep. why in a bit. Okay, that, that's fair. I, I have some um, reasons to counteract that. Obviously as a okay. faithful FSU student. And yeah. I get, I I'll I'll tell you my steal is okay. number twelve, Tyrese Halliburton. Wow, that's my steal too. <laughs> Wow! <laughs> yeah, I, I knew so you, you would see that. I, I knew you would see. So, that. you can see, ladies and gentlemen, that we don't we don't tell each other our notes before we do this because we, we want to surprise each other. Um. So yeah, I I pick Halliburton too. I think I I think he's the best point guard in the draft, and I think mm-hmm. for him to fall to twelve for the Kings, um, he's probably not the best fit wise at twelve for them because they have a good point guard. And probably the fastest guy in the league too, and DeAndre Fox. But um, Halliburton at that at that point at number twelve, where the Kings picked, he was the best player left on the board, um, best point guard on the draft in my opinion. Just a really dynamic playmaker. 
Um, he's a guy that can run the floor with Fox, you know, toss lobs up to him and on breakaways. And I think he'll be a really nice fit there um, at, the, at the two, probably. Absolutely. I mean, uh, like you said, great backcourt with De'Aaron Fox. That's going to be so super fun to watch. Uh, I haven't seen any video of it, but from, from all I've read about him, he does have a funky release. Which will obviously yeah, improve his popularity with me. I'm a huge fan yeah. of that. Yeah, and you've got he hit, the funkiest of all the releases. It worked with 42.6% for threes last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs to build up some strength, but he'll be... He was, a, he was a steal at 12. He was the top... I agree. Pro, right? One of the top point guards to go. Besides I, yeah, uh, Killian, some people, Hayes, Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes. Some people ranked him as the best point guard on the draft. Yeah. I think he was the best point guard on the draft. Um, but yeah, so like like we said, so we're in agreement then. Um, Halliburton at 12 was the steal of the draft. And then you already know my reach of the draft is Patrick Williams yep. at FSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's hear your reach before we dive into that. All right, so my reach, uh, probably a popular one amongst the most, uh, most NBA, casual NBA fans, is number 10, Jalen Smith to the Suns. He's mm-hmm. that's it. That's solid, yeah, solid yeah. reach. I yeah, six six ten. He can hit the three. Uh, he's just a he's a big he's a big guy, but he has the he has he has the shooting skills. He just well, he's a little bit on the chonk, little little, little chonky. Uh, but it, this it this pick just didn't make that much sense because they have yeah. a now proven player in Aiden. Yeah, DeAndre Hayden. DeAndre um, Hayden. So it, it just really didn't make that much sense to me. Obviously, I mean he was he's still a good prospect. He'll he'll, he'll be no, fine. undoubtedly. Um, I think they could have gone with just better pick selection. At at this point, mm-hmm. there were there were guys on the board. I mean Halliburton, the guy who we talked about. Uh, obvi- uh he he probably wouldn't have been that good of a yeah, fit now. That that would have been yeah. I think that would have been a bad pick for them to take, especially since they just brought in CP three. But I mean, there um, were still I mean, Denny of uh, Deha, uh, Devin Vassell. Oh wait, no, De- was, Denny went to pick before. Yeah. Sorry, but yeah. De- Devin Vassell. Yeah, Vassell was there. I mean, I think if they because they they were in the market for a big man before the draft too, to pair with Aiton. You had a guy like Isaiah Stewart available at sixteen, who went at sixteen. Uh-huh. Um, Precious Achua, who went at twenty, um, yeah. and then Alexei. I, just, I haven't heard too, too much from Jalen Smith. Obviously, he's good. Did not see him going at ten, so that, that that's yeah. my reach. Yeah. Okay. I, that's a solid reach. Um, I, I considered that for a little while too. Mm-hmm. Um, I had him going at twenty to the to the, or sorry at nineteen to the Nets in my mock draft. Uh, I, most other mock drafts had him going a little later than ten. Um, so that's a solid pick for a reach. Um, so obviously you already know my reach. My reach is Patrick Williams at four to the Bulls. Um, ah. And let me let me give you my reasons before you refute them. Um, first of all, for a player to be drafted at four, fourth overall in the NBA draft, who is not a starter in college, is I think that's that's not that's not ideal to say the least. Granted, he was ACC Sixth Man of the Year, so he's a good player. But to take him at four, I don't. I think he would have been on the board later around around eight or nine if the bulls wanted to trade back um obviously they didn't because they felt he wouldn't be on the board so they took him at four 
Um, and the other thing, too, is I don't see what role he fits in slash fills in Chicago. You know, they've got Larry Markinen and Wendell Carter Jr. there, who are two who are two big men, um, primarily who play at the power forward center spot. But Patrick Williams is 6'8", 225. You know, it's like, where where does he... He's going to be battling those guys for minutes. So I don't really see what kind of role he immediately gets into there in Chicago. Because um, he's not... He's not as he's not quick enough to be a guard and obviously he's six eight so mm-hmm. um he he fits more into the mold of a small forward power forward kind of guy so with the bulls already being pretty you know pretty deep at that position group like i said with larry markin and, and uh wendell carter jr i don't really i don't see the fit there um those are just two of my reasons why i think he was a reach but uh let's let's hear it all let's right, hear the so, let's hear the rebuke, loyal Seminole. Of course. So I've had the chance to see uh, Patrick Williams and Vassell play many times over this past mm-hmm. year, and just his presence on the court, you could see he's dripping with that p- untapped potential. He's super young. Let's keep in mind. Obviously, uh, he was just a freshman last year. He's one of the draft's youngest NCAA pro- prospects. He he's only six eight, but he can do so much with it. Uh, Two twenty five. He could build up some more muscle with that. Uh, he can shoot the ball. Great presence on defense. Uh, I mean, obviously, you could point like, oh, why was he uh, why was he on the bench the entire year? I mean, we had yeah. uh, like no casual fans would know this, um, but Raekwon Gray had that spot. And Raekwon Gray filled a great role on the on the Seminoles as an older player. Uh, Did he but graduate, he, Gray? Gray? Is he, was Gray a senior last year? I do not believe so. Okay, so he'll, he'll probably return. Um, now, we'll, now we'll have some fun with Scotty Barnes. Uh, off the FSU stuff. Um, <laughs> don't get me whooped in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's really, I mean, the Bulls are in no rush. The Bulls are in no rush for contention. Uh, I mean, obviously they have they have Zach Zach Levine. Uh, I mean, young players and Laurie Markin and Kobe White Col- and Wendell yeah, Carter Jr. Uh, yeah. There's obviously no guarantee that uh, that he'll become a Williams will become a home run pick, but he truly does have the skills that can make him a not not superstar. Not yet, like like you said, he's a, w- a little undersized at six eight for the for the power four. But he will be a very good player. Just give give him a little time. Put add right. him to the pot I'll, and stir it around a little bit. I think he'll right, be a I'll, very I'll good. I'll give player. him time. Listen, I'm I'm not a Bulls fan, so I'm not up in arms about it. I just, and he would I just have felt been, that. I don't think he would have made it to ten. His draft stock had been rising at a pace no, I, like, yeah. unmatched by any other player. He would have gone. I agree with you. Any other pick, I could understand four maybe being a little bit high, but after the drop off of uh, like unproven ability after one, two, and three, in mm-hmm. in uh, Edwards, Wiseman, and Ball, mm-hmm. why not? Why not go for a, a young raw talent in Patrick Williams? Well, why not? Because you got to hold on to your job as a GM. That's why not. But you know, we'll see. Um, They're not. Bulls are in no rush. No, they're not. You're right, but 
you know, fourth overall pick. I mean, again, like I don't, I don't think it's a bad pick per se. I think he's a solid player. Um, just like, like I just think at four, I don't know the bang, I don't know if the bang for the buck is quite there. But um, like you said, his stock was was rapidly rising over the last couple of days in NBA circles, and um, the Bulls felt that he wouldn't be there later, and they knew he'd be on the board at four because everyone knew the top three would go in some order. Um, so they took him. Um, so yeah. But um, now to uh, NBA trade. NBA trades last night were really just out of hand. I mean, guys were getting. It was yeah. It was really a mess. Um, guys were getting picked by teams and then being immediately traded to another team, and then twenty minutes later, you found out the pick was traded to another team. It was just. A mess, and I was surprised because usually ESPN's really on top of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, with guys like you know Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski, um, their top NBA reporter, he's usually on top of that stuff, and they have it like in the moment where guys know where they're going to be playing. But they had a couple times last night guys putting hats on of the team that drafted them, and then they're traded you know a minute later to you know another team. Um, but I it was had, just it was nuts last night. I had no idea who the Knicks were picking with their with their second pick in the draft. Because one minute they picked uh, this Argentinian guy who played... Yeah, Leandro Bolbaro, I believe, yeah, something Bulbaro. like that. Yeah, Bolbaro. And I was, I was a little disappointed because I didn't want him. And I found mm-hmm. out that wasn't my pick. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, when did this so you, happen? You got, and there was a trade the yeah. day before to get that pick. Exactly. It, none of it made so, sense. We ended no, up getting the SEC player of the year, so okay, whatever. But yeah, Emmanuel quickly um, out of Kentucky. I really like he's a, he's going to be a good player too. I I like him. Um, but uh, leading up to the NBA draft, there was also some big trades. Um, well, trades in quotation marks. Uh, trades can't be finalized until after the after the draft, so trades should start to be finalized um, in the upcoming days here. Mm-hmm. But the biggest notable trade uh, pre-draft. It's got to be Drew Holiday to Milwaukee for everything but but Giannis, pretty much. Um, <laughs> I I got the details of that trade uh, right in front of yeah, me here. So the Bucks that. got Drew Bucks got Drew Holiday um, and a twenty twenty second round pick, uh, which was the last pick in the draft. And the Pelicans got uh, ready for this. It's a long list. Yeah. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, a twenty twenty first, twenty twenty four first round swap. 2025 first round pick unprotected 2026 first round swap rights and then a 2027 first round pick unprotected oh my I god mean, yeah <laughs> what yeah to say that? the least yeah for drew holiday i mean drew holiday's what he's a good guard in this league but it's it that's that sounds like they traded for anthony davis or something you know to give all that up for drew holiday I think it's, it's Giannis, a, I don't know. Giannis said the only way I'm coming back is if we get everyone out. Yeah. Get them out. You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump style. Donald Trump style. But um, I think, yeah, Giannis had to have a, a hand in this. Because if he didn't and the Bucks just did this, then you can kiss him goodbye. Giannis had to explicitly say, like, I want Drew Holiday. I don't care what it takes to get him. And, and the Bucks like, are like, all right. shifting trade. Yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, the Bucks just threw their future away, pretty much, for for a two a two three year window uh, to win a championship. Another big trade um, that was leaked, actually not leaked, but um, rumored to happen, 
on draft night, I believe, is Seth Curry to Philadelphia for Josh Richardson and the second-round pick. Um, Seth Curry, now here's the interesting part of that. Doc Rivers is the new Sixers head coach. Um, And Seth Curry, um, what he brings to Philadelphia, he's a really good shooter, spot-up shooter. Obviously, he's a Curry. He can space the floor well for them. They needed that last year. Um, And he's also Doc Rivers' son-in-law. (laughs) <laughs> He's married to Doc Rivers' daughter, so man, you want to talk? Yeah, would you want to? Would you, would you want your father-in-law to be your boss? No. That Thanksgiving dinner's got to be awkward, uh, especially if he's if he especially if he starts playing like poorly <laughs> or he's not getting minutes, then it's gonna be really awkward. And um, I mean, if there's any uh any scandals that go on within the uh, Curry relationship. Well, oh that's 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 what happened with Paul George. Yep. Paul George used to be married or dating Doc Rivers' daughter, and then cheated on her and left her. And, yep. and Doc that's Rivers coached about. him last year, and yeah. So, yeah, that was that's another interesting storyline there. Um, but the the Sixers also brought in uh, Danny Green from the Thunder by way of the Lakers. Um, so Danny Green was traded to the Thunder for Dennis Schroeder. Um, and then was traded within the same day to the Philadelphia. So Philadelphia has two um, good three-point shooters. Some some of you might object to me calling Danny Green a good three-point shooter after last year's finals performance. Yeah, but, I didn't realize the Sixers um, were trying to miss shots. That's interesting. Yeah. That's a weird thing. Yeah, right? <laughs> and, you know, it's crazy. They And they do all this stuff just to get swept by the Celtics in four games again. <laughs> like they do every year. But, well, you know, we'll see. Yeah, the yeah the Nets aren't going to be anything special next year. Or Obi Toppin has a crazy year. Yeah, Gets and he carries it, puts the Knicks on his back. Yes, we need um, that. Some other notable trades from around the league: Pistons got Trevor Ariza from Houston um, for a future first-round pick, and Trevor Ariza was traded to Houston for Robert Covington, um, who's now with the Portland Trailblazers. He fills a need up there for Portland as a as a good wing who can help them space the floor too, and then, oh well, the biggest trade of the week happened earlier in the week. Um, it's obviously Chris Paul of Phoenix uh, for Kelly Oubre, Jalen LeCue, Ricky Rubio, and Ty Jerome. Um, and Ricky Rubio, yeah, he got since, moved, right? Yeah, so all those those four players I just named were sent to the Thunder, and the Thunder then sent R- Ricky Rubio to the Timberwolves, who he started his career with. Um, so CP3 and Phoenix uh, backcourt with Devin with Devin Booker uh, should be one of the league's elite backcourts, you would think. Um, and they they were they were pretty close to making the playoffs this past season in the bubble. What they go ten and zero in the bubble? Eight and zero, I think. Eight and zero, yeah, yep. eight and zero in the bubble. Um, people were saying they could be a team to watch next year. And then you bring in a guy, a veteran, uh, one of the greatest point guards of all time, and Chris Paul. Um, you'd think that would help push them over. So we'll have to keep an eye on that and how that develops. Yeah, I mean, I I don't see the the Suns as you know up on that up on that high tier that the other teams no, are. No, definitely not. Um, but definitely on the tier of can make a little bit of a playoff run, create a little bit yeah. of excitement. You yeah, I think the they underdog, should. Root for the Suns. I will not. Be. Yeah, I will not be. Yeah, I won't be either for, for reasons that will not be mentioned. That extend beyond <laughs> the podcast. Yeah. Um. So just really, just a crazy day uh, in trades, just from, you know, guys getting traded, like we mentioned, a guy like Ricky Rubio got traded twice in one day, um, and just players being traded 
and then proceeding to be traded for other players. There's a lot of trade triangle going on, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, there's a three-team deal between the Clippers, Nets, and Pistons um, that sent Luke Kennard, shooting guard out of Duke, I believe he's going into his third year, uh, to the Clippers, Landry Shamit to Brooklyn, and then Sadiq Bey, who was picked by the Pistons at um, 18, I think. And I've seen, I've actually seen a bunch of reports saying, like, that trade helped ha- helped the Clippers and the Nets almost win the night. Because they, there was no one that they really wanted in the draft at that yeah. point. And they yeah. end up getting two guys that could eat, like, Shamet fits in nicely for this Nets team that's trying to contend this year. And then... Um, who, who, who went to the Clippers? Kennard? Yeah. He, yeah, Luke He's Kennard. obviously a, a, good, a good force, good offensive force. Yeah, I mean, he, he his his offensive game hasn't translated that well to the league. You know, I, him being a former Duke guy, I, yeah. I watched him a lot when he was there. Um, and he was he was pretty good when he was there. And um, But, it, yeah, his offensive game hasn't quite translated to the league. But maybe... Maybe the Clippers can get something out of yeah, them. The new Clippers coach, Tyron Lear. Yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah. that's that's really that's really all there is in the NBA. I say that as we've covered, you know, 15, 20 trades, it feels like, in the <laughs> NBA draft. Well, and then don't um, look now, but tomorrow, free agency negotiations begin. That's true, too. We're going to have a lot too. to talk about next week. Yeah, next next week, um, I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about in, in that regard, and I know as a Celtics fan, Gordon Hayward most likely on the move. His deadline to re-sign with the Celtics is 5 p.m. Thursday. So um, we'll know by the time this airs uh, whether he'll, he'll be a Celtic tomorrow. Personally, I hope I hope he's not. Uh, I hope they trade him and get him get a <laughs> athletic big man for him. Sure. But uh, we'll see. You know, never never put anything past Danny Ainge. So. Of course. Um, one more thing before we depart from the draft. I just want to leave you with uh, some food for thought. I, I, I love food for thought. Up. I'm always hungry. Oh, perfect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a bite of this. Kansas, Kentucky, UNC, yep. and Duke Good point. did not have a lottery pick for the first time in 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that too. So the, the Blue Blood schools as they're the known. The Blue Blood schools. Um, and that's, yeah, that's... That, that, that surprised me. I mean, it surprised me and it didn't in a lot of ways. Because um, the guys coming out of those schools this year weren't anything special. I think, personally, I think there's just a weak draft in general. Especially yeah, weaker compared to, previ- Everyone knew that. compared to previous years. Um, So, for the yeah, for those guys not to go in the lottery was surprising. But the last time it happened, uh, Kenyon Martin Sr. was drafted. And then the second time it happened, Kenyon Martin Jr. was drafted. So maybe there's a connection there. <laughs> uh. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a good point you bring up there. I, I found that interesting too. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So also, on to golf. It also says, one last note, it also says yeah. a lot about, you know, we, we see all these top players going overseas, uh, being that's able to too. get paid to go point. into the G League development program. Yeah. For a little bit. That's I think you're going to see that a lot more. You're it, definitely going to see that a lot more. It's a bad look for college basketball. Gotta pay these guys. Gotta pay I think em. so too. They have a tentative agreement in place, I think, for 2021 to start some compensation, which they which they should. But it should only be based on um, 
like if you use the player's likeness in advertising yeah. or jersey sales or anything like that. But that's that's a rabbit hole we can't we don't have time to get down. Um, college basketball two K twenty one. Oh god, I'd love that. College college football two K twenty one first. I need that. So tell me about Dustin Johnson. Anyway, Dustin Johnson, um, really, he just stu- stuck a dagger in the entire field. Complete domination. Yeah, 20 under, right? 20 That's... under, the highest anyone's ever gone. Yeah. Uh, one, one by a lot, took five shots. Uh, mm-hmm. Sung J.M., I believe, was tied for second, along okay. with uh, Cameron Smith. So solid performances by them. Uh, JT finished fourth. Uh, really just a wonderful weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the course looked just as I remembered it there in person last year, yeah. hurts mm-hmm. to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it, it was fun to watch. Not very close in the end. Uh, obviously, like I said, from the start, Bryson put, uh, did not perform as to expectations. He was uh, very wonky off the tee. Uh, and just couldn't put anything together. He was he was very composed. You could tell that's always been an issue with him, like lashing out to uh, lashing out against like rules officials and all that. But uh, yeah, he just didn't didn't have the accuracy that you know propelled him to any level of contention this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. A lot of people, a lot of people thought you know he could come out on top, and you know it's just it's so hard um, to predict golf outcomes so I mean, hard to predict yeah it's any any guy can have a good day they're all so good any guy can have a good day out there and he could you know shoot something like you know not not any guy could go out and shoot 20 under like dustin johnson did but mm-hmm. any guy could go out there and, and win it easily yeah um, you know it's all form a little bit of luck mm-hmm. and yeah just putting it all together yeah did you um did you see that oh that larry Mize did not make the cut by the way correction that's yeah that that's a shame uh, you know just he had the whole country behind him mm-hmm. really did um well oh, one thing i want to ask yeah. that's uh or just make note of that's dustin johnson's first green jacket obviously first right? green jacket mm-hmm. yeah um and then the next big tournament is the open championship uh or... next i believe is the open yeah um let me tell you when that is scheduled wait in the meantime, yeah. Um, did you see the video of of the guy? I think it's the Masters, the Masters Par Three competition. Did you see that shot that he skipped across the water, yep. put in? John. That Ron. was, yeah. That and now and he's and he's you know up there and in, in the world golf rankings too. Oh yeah, he's he's top five. Yeah, but that that shot was by far the best shot I've ever seen in my life. Like if <laughs> if anyone if any of our listeners have not seen it i highly recommend yep. you look it up and watch it because that shot he it's he skips the ball he, so he's on right like on the on the edge of of a body of water and the hole in the green is across the body of water kind of it's kind of like a he loops around it in a way um and he hits this ball in such a way that he gets enough spin on it that it's it hits what two three skips across the water yep. and then skips up onto the green and then from the green, it does. It's not wasn't a straight shot under the green. It was. It ran up on the side of a hill and then came down the hill and curved right into the hole. It was, I mean, remarkable. Right. So what I know that's a, that that's a tradition. Everyone, 
everyone yeah. tries that shot during the practice round. I mean, I don't know how many you uh, how many hole in ones have been recorded. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, soup. That was that was super fun to watch. Yeah, that, that was just good old that was good old hole twelve of Amen Corner. Yeah, that's you know it's a shame because I I had a similar shot um <laughs> at. At, at hole at hole thirteen at uh, Apple Green Orchard, uh, uh-huh. course near 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 me, um, but no one was there to see it, so I guess you can't count it. But yeah, I, I hit a I hit a sick drive yesterday, like three hundred fifty yards. The camera wasn't on. Yeah, that's that. I hate when that happens. That's yeah, usually the case for me too. Sense. When I hit it over four hundred. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so the Open Championship is is the next big tournament, right? Um. Yeah. Is it? Uh, oh, you, you mean the U.S. Open or the the Open Championship? I believe I thought it was the Open Championship, but it could be the U.S. Open. Oh, the, the no. next golf the major. Next, the next, Greg, the next is the Masters. Again. Oh really? Yeah, because this year it was delayed. Obviously, it, no, I know, I know it was delayed, but I thought yeah. I thought they were gonna squeeze in the Open at the end of the year because they said that I mean, back in I, July. I, that me, yeah. No, you're you're you might be. Right. I I have no idea. The Masters are twenty twenty one Masters are April fifth to April eleventh. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen the Opium Championship. It's, wait, that's the U.S. Okay, well, we'll we'll see. We'll we'll talk about that next time. Yeah. No, I think you're right. It lo- it looks like the next major is is going to be the Masters again. So that's something to look forward to. Anytime you can get the Masters twice twice in less than a year. You take it. Oh, um, so, moving on from golf to uh, the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we talked about the biggest play of the of the week and the what do they call it? The Murray Miracle in Glendale. Uh, is that what it is? The Murray Miracle. Yeah, that's it. that's what that's what they're calling it. That's what they're calling it. The Murray Miracle. Well, so, Mr. Hopkins um, has to have some credit. No, absolutely, but it just doesn't have that same alliteration ring to it. Um, so let's let's start let's start there with uh, Cardinals Bills. Um, quick quick stat line for you: Josh Allen w- went thirty two of forty nine for two hundred eighty four yards with two touchdowns and two picks. Uh, Kyler Murray was twenty two of thirty two for two hundred forty five yards and a touchdown and a pick each. Um, Allen, 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 I watched most of that game. Allen played really well. Um, he did have two picks, but other than that, he, I thought he played really well. That last, so the the drive that the last drive for the Bills, um, they had the they had had the ball of their own twenty two, um, with with the chance to to win the game. Seemingly, yeah, I saw or, they were or so people down. thought. Yeah, uh, they took it seventy three yards in three minutes uh, with a beautiful. Back shoulder diving catch by Stephon Diggs, twenty-one yard touchdown, I think, uh, in the front corner of the end zone, and to take the lead. Just a really great route run by Diggs on Patrick Peterson too, who's definitely one of the best uh, cover guys in the league. Absolutely. And you thought, wow, well, Bills, came, the Bills won this game, um, but it would, it would not, it was not meant to be, seemingly, uh, as Kyler Murray and the Cardinals got the ball with thirty seconds left. Um, and in three plays, I believe, or two plays, uh, obviously he scored a touchdown. And then the catch, which I'm sure you've all seen plastered over uh, sports media, and rightfully so, 
over the last week with DeAndre Hopkins rising above the rest uh, to make the catch and bring a it magnificent in. Magnificent grab. I mean, yeah, I was I, I watched that catch live and I was just like, no oh, really? way, like that was insane. Yeah, it was nuts. Uh, it's a shame too because the crowd. I mean, it's not a shame. It's obviously good that they limit the crowd size, but I can't imagine what that stadium would sound like if it was if it was full and that happened. That must that would have been electric. I mean, it still was, but um, so that that puts the Cardinals at six and three. Um, tied with the Rams and Seahawks, who've played last week, and we'll discuss that in a second. Um, uh, one one thing, one article that I found that was really interesting about that final play in the in the Bills Cardinals game. Yeah. So I'm I'm taking this from from Yahoo Sports. The viral video of Not a Hopkins sponsor. Gra- grabbing the ball, you know, over the outstretched hands of the Buffalo Bills defenders has helped Jordan Brand get $5.7 million in media exposure from social media, TV, and print. Yep. That's a really good point to bring up. Because I, I saw that on Twitter, too, and everyone was saying that's a Jordan ad in itself right there. And it is. Yeah. And you Great can point see to bring up. the logo perfectly on the center of Just that screen as he grabs the ball. happened to be above an Adidas glove, too. And a Nike glove, but Nike is on, owns Jordan, so... Um, that's a good point. I, so I didn't know the number. What would you say? Five million? Um, five point seven million, and that was of two days ago. So I mean, yeah, I'm sure. So it's, it's over even more 60. now. Yeah. Wow. That's because uh, yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, I wonder what the number is on that. That's a great. That's a great. And stat. for context, Beckham's catch ended up with at least twenty two point two million dollars in media exposure. For Nike, wow! For Nike, so it could two point two, not twenty two. I would say that was a better catch than Hopkins' catch. Oh yeah, uh, obviously. But yeah. in regards to point in the game and importance, Hopkins' catch was mm-hmm. more important. Um, so, like I said, Cardinals are now at six and three. Bills now fall to seven and three, uh, with the six and three Dolphins uh, only a, only a win behind them in the AFC East. Uh, in the NFC West now, there's a there's a three way tie for first among records um, between the Cardinals, Rams, and Seahawks. And the Cardinals actually are in first based off head to head. But the Cardinals play the Seahawks tonight, so that that's a huge game mm-hmm. for the NFC West. Um, but in regards to the Seahawks Rams last week, the Rams beat up on the Seahawks twenty three sixteen, and you want to talk about getting beat up? Russell Wilson was sacked six times. Yeah. So yeah, just a really Russell poor showing. Look silly, and he yeah. hasn't looked that way all year. No, I mean again, you got to chalk it up to the offensive line because I mean, if a guy's getting sacked six times, that that doesn't that doesn't tell the whole story because he's getting pressured on every other play too. I'm sure. Oh yeah, of course. Um, so Russell Wilson's just quick stat line: twenty-two of thirty-seven for two forty-eight with two picks, and Jared Goff. Um, was a pedestrian, twenty-seven to thirty-seven for three hundred and two yards, but no touchdowns, no interceptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, also worth noting, Russell Wilson was the Seahawks' leading rusher in that game. With I believe he had uh, 80, 80 yards or so. Yeah. Um, just that just shows he was just had to be constantly scrambling on the move, uh, getting out of the pocket. And also, the Seahawks have no running room. Running background, they just no, they don't. They're all hurt. Yeah, obviously they. Yeah, 
they can make up like out they brought in Alex Collins who I haven't heard his name in three years, but he's back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just it that loss sucks for Seahawks fans, but look alive, they're still six and three. Yeah, it's, and they tonight can get a is good, huge matchup tonight. Tonight, um, definitely, if they lose this game, they can kiss the NFC West goodbye. Probably oh, they lose this game tonight. Um, and maybe even with that, a playoff spot. I mean, and it's crazy to say that because we're only this will only be week eleven. But I mean, if you lose this game tonight, and the, the obviously that would mean the Cardinals would win. And if the Rams win this week, that takes both the Cardinals and Rams to seven and three, mm-hmm. and the Seahawks and the Rams would be, or one of those Cardinals or Rams teams would be fighting for a wild card spot. Yeah. You know, and it wouldn't be the Seahawks if you know if they can't get that back. So this is a pretty big game for both the Seahawks and the Cardinals, but I think more so the Seahawks being a team that people more so expected to kind of be better um, and win that division. Unless so, the Patriots we'll, ask Goodell for another playoff spot. <laughs> yeah, that sounds totally sounds like something the Pats would do. It's not like John Harbaugh is our coach. I want to talk about asking Goodell for things. Um, but who you got tonight? Seahawks, Cardinals. Quick pick. Quick pick. Seahawks, em. Cardinals. Cardinals, man. Quick. You think the Cardinals? I haven't, done, um, I haven't done research. I haven't done research. It's my gut telling me that Kyler Murray is the most fun player to watch right now in the NFL. And he's performed incredibly well over the past couple weeks against tough competition. My mind is telling me Seahawks, but my body... My body is telling me Cardinals. How's your body telling um, you that? It's a it's a reference. Anyways, <laughs> I think the Seahawks need to win this game, and I want them to win this game because I do like the Seahawks. But uh, I just feel I feel it in my gut that the Cardinals are going to win this game. Kyler Murray is going to vault himself into the MVP conversation oh, and have some crazy stat line. And DeAndre Hopkins is going to further prove why he's the best receiver in the league tonight. So yeah. um, definitely, is back to mortal level. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it's not, It's not. you know, he hasn't gotten worse. It's just his offensive line has just gotten atrocious yeah. and giving him no time to make decisions and things like that. Um, other big news across the NFL is that, as much as it pains me to say this, the Pittsburgh Steelers are still undefeated as they beat up on the Bengals 36-10. <sighs> to 10. Um, Yeah, another week, another Steelers win. It's kind of getting kind of getting redundant, but... Who nah, do they play this being, week? The Steelers, they play the Jaguars, so it's probably uh, they're probably well, moving to ten or no. Well, a schedule. No, Every week they just play easy competition. They're so lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I so, hate them so much. Yeah, <laughs> to, yeah, and to be uh, to be as impartial as we can, we hate them so much. Oh, well, we hate them <laughs> um, again for reasons that extend beyond the scope of the podcast. That's true. That's very true. Um, so yes, Steelers playing the Jags this week most likely will move to ten or no. Um, but yeah, they beat up, they beat up on the Bengals last week, 36, 10, uh, another, another big game in the NFL, the Bucks got a bounce back win in Carolina against the Panthers. Um, just some quick stats out of that game. Brady, um, was a, in a classic Tom Brady like performance, uh, was 28 to 39 for 341 yards and three touchdowns, no picks. Um, Brady did everything he needed to do in that game to win. And then Teddy Bridgewater, who got hurt in that game, but doesn't? Or the Panthers don't believe it's serious. Uh, thankfully for them, he was eighteen to twenty-four for a measly one hundred thirty-six yards, two touchdowns, and one pick. Um, I watched most of that game too. The Bucks were really in the first in the first half. 
Uh, the Panthers looked like they might have a run at things, but the Bucks really just were were in control oh most of that Ronald game. Ronald Jones went bonkers. Yeah, he had well, he his ninety eight yard touchdown run is it's like the second longest yeah. in NFL history. Uh, I that was that was just really, you know, I I saw I watched that play and I saw it happen as because they were obviously on their own too, and I saw it. I'm like the safeties all the way up, their linebackers are pressed up, they got no one in the second level. I'm like. He gets a couple good blocks here. He could break it, and lo and behold, he gets a couple good blocks, and then he's gone. No one catches him 98 yards to the house. Um, it was just really poor defense on that play. And you know what's scary now, too, is, I mean, Antonio Brown led the team in receptions that week. He is now a focal part of this offense alongside arguably top 15. Top, top 10, I, I was 15. going to say top 10, but that, that, 15. That, that's yeah. edging it a little bit. Yeah, top fifteen definitely receivers in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Um, yeah, I mean AB looks good on the field. He's running routes well. It's, yeah, uh, I mean it's scary. The Buck, it's yeah, but again, it seems like the Bucks cycle kind of goes from they beat a bad team. Yeah, people hype them up and say they're going to make it to the Super Bowl and win. And then they choke. Uh, they get crushed by a good team, and then people say like, "Oh, what's happening? You know, what's wrong with Tampa Bay? You know, until." Until they, until they beat a good team, like they, I know, I know they don't play the Saints again. Yeah. Um, the rest of their schedule, I don't know what the rest of their schedule looks like. Um, well, actually, they have the Rams. Uh, that's next. No, that's this Sunday. They have the Rams actually Sunday night football. Uh, so that's yeah, that's going to be a huge game to really. Or excuse me, Monday night football, not Sunday night. Um, but that'll be a huge game to see how legit they are. And then after that, they have the Chiefs. So I'll tell you what, if they beat the Rams and they beat the Chiefs, they're legit Super Bowl contenders. If they lose both those games, they lose them close, they're 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 a good team, but I don't think they could win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, if they lose one of those games badly, I don't think they can win a Super Bowl. So the next two weeks, we're going to find out a lot about the Bucks. I think. And then, I mean, there is the intangible level of Tom Brady in the playoffs. Which, That's true. Yeah, I mean, once he gets it's in, Tom Brady in the playoffs, the but yeah, but is the is the rest of the team ready to flip that switch with him? Because that team has no playoff experience. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You're right. Um, other news across the league: uh, Sunday Night Football. My Patriots beat up on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Not, not literally. Uh, they, in my opinion, they scraped by them. But it was a good win. It was a good win. Um, it makes you feel good about what the direction the Pats are heading in, um, and you kind of know the formula that the Patriots need to win games. You know, there's a stat: Belichick teams are like 53 and two in games where one a singular player is over 100 yards rushing, and mm-hmm. Damian Harris had 22 carries for 121 yards at five and a half yards per rush. So he's really coming into his own. Um, as a Pats fan, I love to see that. Um, of course, take a guess who the leading rusher for the Ravens was. Lamar Jackson. Correct. He had 11 carries for 55 yards at uh, five per rush. Um, and then passing stats, Cam was a pedestrian, 13 to 17, for 118 yards and one touchdown. Got but, the Exactly. That's all you need for for this Pat's offense. I was That's watching really that game. Run he heavy. was lightning accurate. Yeah. I was I was very impressed by that. He was He's hitting really, his spots. 
he fires the ball in there, man. Like, he winds up and just whips it in there. Like, there are a couple times I've seen this year he'll whip a ball in and the receiver's kind of taken off guard by how hard it comes mm-hmm. in, um, which is a good thing because you don't leave it in the air too long to get the potential of being picked off. Yeah. Um, Even though he didn't do that much, like, he, he was a very impre- – he impressed me. Yeah, I think the story of the game, though, has got to be the Ravens – the Ravens center <laughs> again <laughs> – I don't yeah. know for if if any of our listeners didn't get a chance to watch that game. Um, there was an absolute monsoon that that opened up on top of Gillette Stadium for pretty much the all of the second half of that game, mostly late late third or late third and the rest of the fourth. Uh, it was what like the cameras on the field could barely even see what was going on. It was the rain was coming down that hard. Um, oh yeah, and the the Ravens, I believe, were dealing with a backup center to begin with, who had a cut on his hand. Um, so add that, add that to a weather that really doesn't is not conducive for football, um, and you're going to get turnovers and things. And I think the biggest blow is when the Ravens were really moving the ball late in the fourth, and then the center just threw the ball, little worm burner on the ground for a 16-yard loss, mm-hmm. and that just killed their drive, and that and that really did it for them. Um, but Lamar Jackson played well. Like I like I said, uh, he was the leading rusher, and then in the in the passing game, he was twenty four thirty four for two hundred forty nine yards, two touchdowns, and and one pick. So he really played well. Um, you can't blame that loss on him. I think you definitely can blame it on the Ravens' offensive line and their center yeah. more so than anyone else. And there were a lot of drops in that game, but that's just you chalk that up to the weather. And like the weather was truly nasty out there. I've, I've personally never seen rain that bad. Uh, in a football game, so the Ravens gotta go back to winning, though. I, f- I think are, yeah, they are they, they do. On a little, are they on a little skid? Now? Yeah, because they dropped to the Steelers, I think, two weeks ago. Okay, yeah, they've lost two of three. They've lost two of yeah, three. So. yeah. Um, but I mean, the, yeah, fine. this is bad, certainly. But, but I mean, not really. With they're not keeping pace with the Steelers. I mean, no one in the NFL no is granted, is. but um. I don't know. I think if the Ravens meet the Steelers again and they're all healthy, I think they can give them a run for their money like they did the first time. But mm-hmm. it's yeah, certainly a bad loss if you're a Ravens fan um, to a to a at the time a three and five Pats team that was um, some would say struggling. So yeah. Um. And then Monday Night Football too was just a just atrocious on the on the side of the Bears offense. Ah, uh, yes, that that was. I I feel like I would, I would rather set up a bunch of Legos and sprint across them like twenty <laughs> times, rather than watch the Bears' offense, because oh wow. my god, they're so bad. Yeah, I don't care what Nick Foles did three years ago. I know, I don't care. I don't care anymore. He sucks. Yeah. He is so least. bad. And it it's so frustrating because and I'm not I'm not a Bears fan, but I I resonate with the suffering Bears fans who watch that defense. It's your it's your Mitch Trubisky ties coming out. At, it might it be is. the Mitch Trubisky ties, but <laughs> it might you be. see you see that crazy Bears defense. What was it? What's his name? Roquan Gray, 
Or, wait, no. Uh, Roquan Ro- Smith. Roquan, Roquan Smith. Smith, yeah. I was mixing him up with the FSU power forward. Yeah. Um, Roquan Smith had a sick game. Mm-hmm. He was awesome. Quill Mack didn't do too much, but Akeem Hicks stuffed Dalvin. Mm-hmm. And Dalvin Cook is, you know... Could easily be the best running back in the league in an argument. They held Delvin. How many yards did they hold Delvin to? Uh, I don't have that readily available. Let me look. Like, Delvin was not the same player. And obviously, I mean, that's the whole Vikings offense is Delvin. Yeah. I mean, he only uh, got 96 yards, but he averaged 3.2 a carry. Yeah, that's what really matters there. That's Um, what matters. And the pa- um, passing game wasn't really pretty for the Bears either, uh, like you were saying. No, like Foles, Foles is trash. He was and a pitiful. I, I mean, okay, I, I do think he got hurt at the end of the game. I don't. He did, but it, they don't the believe injury. it. They don't believe it's serious. Okay, and I mean, I understand. Like, okay, David Montgomery's out. He wasn't doing anything anyway. He he wasn't doing anything great. So they had the the wide receiver running back. Yeah, Cor Corderell Patterson. Uh, Love he, he, oh. was, he was okay. He Cordell Patterson, okay. He had a kickoff return for a touchdown. Oh, I, I meant okay. I meant at the rushing, rush, uh, running back position. Yes. Oh, okay. That, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That kick return literally gave the Bears half their points. No, I it was think off too. I, teams. I think Cordell Patterson vaulted himself second all time in kick return yeah. touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. With that one. So with eight. Good for him. That that was awesome. But the yeah. offense. Oh my god! Like this team. What they st- they started off five and one was it? Yeah, and they were, and, and that's what I was, everyone I was about to knew, touch on. Everyone that. knew that was BS. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they did beat the they beat the Bucks. They beat the Bucks, but I mean, so like, that's what people thought. Like, yeah, you know, they were beating bad teams, and you're gonna be like, okay, they're beating bad teams, and yeah. then, and then the Bucks went to Soldier Field, and the Bears beat them. People were like, you know, hold on a second, maybe maybe the Bears, but you know, they've dropped what three in a row or three or four or. I don't know, but they've been on they've been on a bad skid, um, and now they're now they're sitting at five and four, right? The Bears, yeah, or five, five and, five. and five, yeah, five and five, uh, five and four. They're, before that they're game. not going to make the playoffs unless no, they, they go like eight and unless eight, Mitch which, unless Mitch Trubisky comes in and he's Pat Mahomes reincarnated. Or or enter the third candidate, Mister Tyler Bray. Yeah. Yeah, give came on him for a little the bit keys. At the Why end of not? That game. Where he go to college? I remember seeing him. I remember seeing him play for years. Um, he went checking to... that right now. He went to Tennessee. That's right, Tennessee. Yeah, he's he um, around for a while. I, I'll tell you why they won't put Tyler Brain. If you watch the last three, four passes of the game, oh, that's yeah. why they won't put Tyler Brain. Yeah, he's, he's tra- I'm just joking. He's trash. They're all trash. No. None of them are good. <laughs> Trubisky aside, because I have a special place in my heart you for seem him. Very, you seem very fiery about the Bears quarterback room here. <laughs> because, Greg, I was watching that game. Kind yeah. of, I, was, I was rooting for the Bears because I know that they've been struggling. Yeah. And... Like uh, obviously, like like Dalvin Cook is such a presence. I I wanted to see them pull away with a victory, and I, I just I like I said I feel so bad for Bears fans who have to watch this every single week. And I feel like I do watch the Bears every week. Just somehow they're on my TV. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's like and they guys. suck. <laughs> yeah, they yeah they do. Anyways, I got that all out. Oh my god. Um. Yeah, you sure you got that all out? Uh, maybe I'll spill a couple. Okay. Of 
Just uh, just some they quick suck. stats for the. Okay. Just some quick stats for the QBs. Uh, Nick Foles was uh, a poor 15 of 26 for 106 yards and a pick. And Kirk Cousins played moderately well, 25 of 36 for 292 yards uh, with two touchdowns and one interception. But, I mean, the tail of the game here really was the third down percentage. Uh, Minnesota's was a 53%, um, which is it's pretty good compared to the Bears, which was... Uh, a putrid 18% on third down conversions. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you had any doubt as to, as to who won the game, you could just look at that stat alone and it would tell you the oh. result. So looking ahead to next week real quick, um, Sunday Night Football, Chiefs Raiders, 8-1 and Chiefs to visit the, the 6-3 and Raiders in Vegas. Um, just a quick pick on who you got there. Oh, we never, we never checked to see how our – Bets from last week did well. I was yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna get into that in a second. But you're right. My my bet. My bet was Seahawks one and a half point favorites at the Rams did not hit. So I missed on that one. Oh, mine was mine was Miami minus two. Um, and you, yeah, you covered that, there because they beat. Yep, I, I got that. So we're both one and zero. Uh, no, I'm zero and one. Oh, you're zero and one. You are. I picked the Seahawks to cover and the Rams. The Rams won. Okay. So, um, just a quick look ahead, though. Chiefs Raiders Sunday Night Football this week. Who do you got? Oh, Chiefs Raiders. Yeah, Come just on. to pick Chiefs. them. Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. I I I'd, I'd agree with you there. Um, the Chiefs, like we talked about last week, just haven't looked as at the dominant force as as many want like like to believe that they are this year. But I I still think they go in. They they pull that game out. Um, Another notable game on the on the mid afternoon slot is Packers at yep, Colts. The seven and two Packers, six and three Colts. Um, honestly, I like the Colts there coming off coming off a win in Tennessee. Uh, I like the Colts in that game to be honest. I agree. That was a huge win last week. Every, yeah. I, I said I said this on the on the pod last week, and I'll say it again. Everyone's sleeping on this Colts team. That defense is awesome. Uh, Philip Rivers is proving there's something left in the tank. Yep, I I, I got the Colts squeak squeaking this one out. Okay, um, and then Monday Night Football. Of course, the Ram the Rams, Rams Bucks. Um. Um. Who do you like there? Coming off. Let's see the Bucks. Coming off the win, but we said how they were playing against good teams. Not well. Uh, and the Rams having a good performance. Give me a... Uh, I always have trouble siding with Jared Goff. I feel like every yeah. time I choose them, the win, they don't. They always disappoint. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll go Bucks. I'll go Bucks. Yeah, I think I think but Bucks hesitant. is a safe bet. Bucks is Bucks is the safer bet. Um, I think the Rams coming off a good win against the Seahawks last week is is definitely a motivation for them to be like you know we we can compete in in the NFC and you know beat the good teams. So I think they'll they'll make a run um, for the Bucks money there. But I I still think you know the Bucks will they'll pull that out there for the um, for the betting folk. Yeah. I definitely see good value in the in the Rams money line right now, which is at uh, plus one seventy. Because I do see this game being closer than. Uh, What's the spread? Oh, the spread's minus four. Bucks, I, right? 
Yeah, my Bucks for, are four point favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that is that your lock of the week? That is not my lock of the week. Oh, hell okay. No. I have I have my lock of the week. What's your lock of the week? Um, it's it's gonna be taking place in the uh, Jaguars Steelers game. Okay. It, it's uh, first to score, Gardner Minshew. No, I'm kidding. Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, um, no, now it's, the, it's now the it'd be Steelers. Jake Luton. That's what? Well, yeah, that's right. True. Yeah. Um, yeah. But my actual my actual lock is Steelers ten and a half. I think Steelers that's where it's at right now, according to DraftKings. Um, I think they win that game by two touchdowns at least. I think that I think that's a, I think that's a good cover against a Jags team that's really hasn't put much of a of a fight against um, any team of of merit. So that's 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 my lock of the week. Steelers minus ten and a half. Okay. Um. Th- yeah, that's fair. Right on the favorite to destroy the Jags. Um, yeah. Uh, I wanna I wanna have a little bit of fun with mine, mm-hmm. but I don't know how much fun. Um, Live a little bit. Have some fun. Live a little bit. We're not putting money on okay, it. Okay. You know. At what? least I'm not. You know what? I'm going to have some fun here. Let's see it. Wait. Can, I I think I might know what you're gonna say. I don't think you will. But I'll have okay. it. I'll give you a chance to guess. Are you gonna are you gonna say Jets money line at the Chargers? No, because <laughs> <laughs> that'd be really having fun. This is this is the lock of the week, not the uh, the water park of the week. Well, that's true. And with my lock of the week, I will give it to the Cincinnati Bengals plus one and a half against the Redskins. Um, no, the Washington oh! football team. How could I forget? They're gonna cancel you for that one. I'm gonna get canceled. Damn it! But um, I I actually I I think I saw something today saying the team is considering keeping. I saw that too. That would be the stupidest thing ever. The football team name. That's horrible. That's so dumb. Are they too worried to like choose another mascot? No, they should do the Red Tails. It's it it honors the Tuskegee Airmen, and it it like they don't wouldn't have to change their color scheme. It's for a good cause. Yep. And it actually makes sense in the Washington D.C. area. I love that. I okay. love that idea. I have. Yeah, that's. Yeah. That, Bengals that, covering nice. one and a half. I have the Bengals covering one and a half. They're six and three against the spread this year. Uh, the Redskins are three, five, and one. Uh, I really, I really like what I've been seeing from Burrow. Um, yeah, I do too. Redskins. I mean, Alex Smith is at the helm. He, I mean, obviously, great story with all that he's gone through. Um, yeah. And last week, he, last week he just threw for a bunch of yards and didn't do that much with it. Yeah, I think he he got over three hundred, but like with nothing, yeah. with no perks. Um, yeah, well, I'm I'm on the Burrow train right now. Okay, that's a, um, that's that's a good change. That's a good train to be on. Of course. Um, he's playing really well as a rookie. He's probably you know could win rookie of the rookie of the year. Yeah. Um. So we'll 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 see. So transitioning from the professional league to the amateur league in NCAA college football, real quick here before we wrap up. Um. Sure. I mean, I went over a. Uh... Ohio State, Indiana games, great. I think Oklahoma yeah. and Oklahoma State are playing. 
the uh, might be wrong about that. It was a yes, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, fourteen and eighteen, the battle of the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a that's a good game. Um, the the bedlam the bedlam series as it's known. Oh, is it is it the bedlam series? Yes, it Interesting. is. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I think Oklahoma's really underwhelmed this year with Spencer Rattler. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Oklahoma State win that game. Mm-hmm. With how with how Oklahoma's been playing. Um, yeah, it makes sense. I'm excited to watch uh, my Seminoles who just lost their second quarterback uh, lose mm-hmm. to Clemson. Oh my God, that's gonna be great. Yeah. Well, Trevor Lawrence will be back for that game. Yep, Trevor Lawrence will be back. Um, so, yeah, th- well, nothing is good back. is going to happen. Yeah, so interesting. We'll be interested to see how how well he plays, and maybe I don't know if DJ Uyagalale has any role in that game. If it's a blowout late or any kind of trick play or something like that, um, with how well he's played in his little two games. So, I think this this week you're rooting for a little bit of an upset. You have you have a couple of the top teams playing. You you root for something special to happen, and shake things up. Uh, well, because I guess besides I mean, that, personally, not that's what I that's what I that's what I root for every week is something to shake things up. And, yeah, but like in particular, uh, there aren't too many games to look. There aren't too many top ranked games to look forward to. Besides, yeah, like I said, yeah. Ohio State, and Indiana. Even though I expect Justin Fields to dice them up. Yeah. Um, one thing that that surprised me last week was Indiana going going to Michigan State and shutting them out. I think twenty eight zip. Um, is that what happened? Uh, from what I know, Michigan State sucks this year. So no, that, they're not good. They're, they're not. One, good, they are but, one and three. <laughs> but for Indy, I, I mean, like Indiana, this, like yeah. listen, they're, they're they're number ten in the country now. I right, I believe they are nine. A nine now, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously they're a top ten team, but with the way that they scraped by Penn State with that last second diving touchdown that we touched on last week, and personally, I don't think that should have been given as a touchdown. But for them to, I mean, for them to go into Michigan State, who, granted, is not a good team, but is a historically good program under Mark D'Antonio. Yeah. Um. That that surprised that surprised me a lot. Um, yeah. Even though Mark Antonio is no longer the coach there, um, it's I mean, he's still involved and it's still his pro. I mean, it's still his program and his recruits for the most part. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. That, that certainly surprised me that that they that they hand, they beat them that handily. So maybe maybe this Ohio State Indiana game could be closer than we think. Personally, I think Ohio State's going to blow them out. But you know, well. That's why you play the game, right? We'll see. Yep, and if if Ohio State blows them out, then we know they're they're good. As yeah. long as, as long as they and don't choke, they're they're controlling the Big Ten with both arms. Yes. Yeah. Um. They'll be fine. Yeah. So really, not much in college football this week. You touched on Kyle Trask earlier, though. Had a great game, kind of a Heisman coming out party. Yeah, absolutely. In some ways. Um. His name should certainly be mentioned in the Heisman conversation now, and um, 
Other than that, yeah, not really much in the college football world. A lot of COVID restrictions and cancellations mm -hmm. uh, with a lot of programs. And that's, you know, I don't know the kind of impact that's going to have on, you know, bowl season when it comes time to get there. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Um, any other last minute things you want to add in about anything? Last minute thoughts. Um, not really. I guess the, the, the one thing that I never really talked about was, and maybe maybe we could each do this. We could each fill in our little niche. Um, okay. The Knicks and the Celtics picks in particular, what we think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll start first because we, we never really talked about them amid yeah. all the, the lottery picks. Obi Toppin. For me, looking into this draft, I just wanted someone to get excited about someone that could put New York City on their back and just give us a little bit of hope from into our hearts that have just been crushed into the pavement like for 10 years <laughs> yeah you can thank your management for that yep um o obi obi's obi fits that level for me he's for absolutely ferocious to the rim um obviously coming off as the ncaa player of the year uh outstanding like, donking prowess he's just he's a very exciting player to watch uh just outstanding offensive presence uh the defense is a huge question mark but i mean he's 22 he'll be mm -hmm. able to pick up quick against some competition he should be starting from day one i like the pen yeah yeah i liked it too um i thought he would be picked a little earlier but i think it's a solid solid pick for the Knicks. Um, in regards to the Celtics pick at 14, it took Aaron Nesmith out of Vanderbilt. Um, widely regarded as the best shooter in the class, shot over 50% from three last year. Um, as I read more about him and as I, as I digest the draft more, I like the pick more and more, but in the moment I was not a fan because I, I felt our biggest need going in was, was uh, an athletic big man to combat um, like a Bam Adebayo and a Heat or like someone who could kind of size up Giannis. Um, mm -hmm. No one can size up Giannis, but at least, you know, do a better job at it. And I thought that guy would be Precious Achua, uh, who was on the board at 14. But Danny Ainge uh, took Aaron Nesmith out of Vanderbilt and Precious Achua fell to the Heat. So now they've got Bam and I think someone who's like a baby Bam. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is not which is not great if you're a fan of an Eastern Conference team. Um, but, you know, the, the spot-up shooter role is something that we need a player to step into. And from all I've seen, Aaron Nesmith seems like he's ready to fill that role, and he knows that will be his role when he comes to Boston. So um, I like the pick overall. Uh, I still wish that we got a more athletic big man, but I would just – I mean, the fact that we didn't tells me that we're going to end up trading for one um, in the coming days, weeks, or even, you know, months uh, before the season starts. Uh, well, not months. The season is going to start at the end of December, actually. But um, that's something to look forward to, too, before the year ends. But, yeah, overall, I, I, I like the pick. Um, and hopefully Danny Ainge will make some more moves to fill some more uh, needs on our team and maybe propel us, you know, past the Eastern Conference Finals and in, into the Finals. So we'll see. Yep, I agree. Uh, real quick, I had him as, like you said, like a, almost a one-trick pony. With the, mm -hmm. his incredible three-point shooting ability, uh, mm -hmm. and, and you know when you see that and you see okay, picked at fourteen, maybe that's like you wouldn't think that's a smart thing to do, but with the contending yeah. Celtics, that's what they need. 
They need a yeah. like any role players that they could get who can just slide into buy into what the Celtics want him to do and perform at I mean he's obviously he's played at Van- Vanderbilt for how many years now? If you know. I think he was a sophomore. He was a sophomore. So okay, so he said 2 years in college to prove himself. That, that that's what the Celtics need. I I, I think yeah. their fans should be satisfied with that. Yeah. And yeah. especially as for Precious Achua, I mean, he's mm-hmm. really at this point just a like a big bundle of physical gifts. Yeah. And I don't want to. I don't want to drool over. Time. It'll take some. Time. I don't want to drool over a Pat Riley draft pick too long. Though. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, it, it'll take some time for him to develop. Yeah, and, and we for, saw that with Bam. Yeah. Um. All right, so I think I think that about wraps it up for uh, this week's episode of Two G Sports Podcast. Um, tune in next week at the same time, and uh, thank you for listening.